How's everybody doing? Yeah? You sure? Yeah? Yeah, it's summer. It's been hot. Who's ready for the hot to be done? Yeah? Yeah. I just got back from Miami. I can tell you it was hotter here than it was in Miami. I'm like, how does, how does that happen in Cincinnati, Ohio? Uh, it's not good. But hey, I'm glad I'm back. Uh, we're going to start a new, uh, kind of just a three-week series that we're going to start talking about. Uh, we're just going to start talking about the Holy Spirit uh, over the next few weeks. I've just been having a lot of promptings and leadings in my soul um, that we just need to kind of dive into this world and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And um, I don't know, I know not everybody grew up like I did, but I grew up in a uh, really small church, and um, it was a charismatic church. Um, uh, it was crazy town sometimes. I mean, every Sunday I would pray, like, Lord, um, I pray that, like, you know, the crazy lady that runs doesn't run this week, or, you know, the crazy lady that, like, um, yells stuff that I don't understand why she's yelling, does, that she doesn't, you know what I mean? That's, like, what I grew up with, uh, with the Holy Spirit, and um, it took me a long time to really figure out why does the Holy Spirit um, come into our lives, and, and why do we need the Holy Spirit? And we really, really desperately need the Holy Spirit. Um, so we're going to jump in today. So if you got a Bible, I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at 16 verses, verse 1 through 16, and, um, and, and it's just going to set up where we're going for the next few weeks here. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, verse six, uh, 1 through 16, verse 1 says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Meaning any of us today that belong to Christ Jesus, that believe in Christ Jesus, there's no guilt and there's no shame. Okay? Now, I'm smart enough to know that if I still fight with guilt and shame, I'm sure you still fight with guilt and shame. And you still deal with that. I'm sure there's still days that we all wake up and we think less of ourselves, not because we are less, but because the enemy is reminding us of all of our quirky mistakes and issues and things that we might have done last week or things that we might have done when you woke up and you step on a toy and you're on your way to the bathroom and your foot is killing you and you yell whatever that comes out of your mouth, you know? But the Bible says there's no guilt, there's no shame for us that belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Meaning that I have a hope and a confidence that if I die today, I am for sure going to heaven. I have been freed from the penalty of death, and I am now living in this life that I know that I know who I am and where I stand with God, that I'm in right standing with him. Verse 3, the law of Moses was unable, the law, if you look at the Old Testament, was unable, sorry, I lost my side, was unable to save us because of our weakness and our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like our bodies that we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over our lives by giving him son, giving his son as a sacrifice for us. This is salvation. And I think sometimes we read verses like this, and for a lot of us that have grown up into the church, it's just another time that we've heard this verse and we just kind of glance over it. We kind of just go, yeah, that's, that's good. 
And it was really good at a time and a place that I needed a bunch of grace and I needed salvation, but I'm in a different season. But the reality is I need salvation as much today as I did then. I need God's grace today as much as I did you gosh, 17 years ago when my life was a mess and I was addicted to drugs and I was addicted to the world and the pleasures of the world and I needed grace, I need grace today. I just need it in different ways. Salvation is so key. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirements of the law could be satisfied. You are no longer following our sinful nature, but instead following the Spirit. you got to hear the dialogue. It's kind of like Paul is talking about grace, and he's talking about salvation, and he's talking about the goodness of God, but he's also talking about the Holy Spirit. He's also talking about the influence of the Spirit of God in our lives. Verse 5, he says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. For sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did want to obey God's laws, and it never will. We all have flesh, okay? I don't care how old you are. I don't care how close to Christ you are. We all have good days, and we all have bad days. And we all have days that our flesh wants to wild out, you know? We have days that our flesh just wants to, like, jump out and grab something. And we're always fighting this, and we always will. Verse 8 That's why those who are under the control of the sinful nature can never please God, meaning those who are far away from God, not those who are in Christ. And I want to make this abundantly clear. I'm not talking about salvation so much as as the Holy Spirit, but those that are in Christ, we are good, okay? And I want to assure your heart today, because I grew up in a church, in an environment that I questioned my salvation all the time. I questioned if I was righteous. I questioned if, you know, um, I made a bad decision, and if I don't pray quick enough and deal with that bad decision, then God's grace is removed from my life, and if I die, I'm going to hell. And that is, that is condemnation, and it is not from God, and that is not what the Word is showing us, okay? But if you are controlled by your sinful nature, you're no longer controlled by the Spirit. Verse 10, it says this, and Christ lives in you. <laughs> what a great picture. What a great picture. Christ is in you. He's inside of you. He's in your spirit, speaking to your spirit. So that even when your body dies because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. Look at your neighbor and say, let's not forget this, okay? Just look at your neighbor and say, let's not forget this, okay? Let's not forget that you are righteous today. Not by anything that you've done today. You just woke up, and because you're in Christ today, he said, that's righteous. Righteous son, righteous daughter. And when I'm righteous, I get to boldly come to my dad. Without guilt, without shame, without fear in my life. Verse 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously, can we just, like, 
Just pause for a second and think about the spirit of God that raised Christ from the pit of hell is living, breathing, active inside of you today, in you. Not me because I'm a pastor and I have a mic and I'm the one that's speaking right now. No, it's in you as much as it is in me. God doesn't play favorites at all. God goes, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're righteous. Here's my spirit. And all of my spirit, I'm giving it to you in full to you. Oh, shoot, lost my spot again. <laughs> Here we go. And just as God has raised Christ from the dead, he will give your mortal bodies the same spirit living within you. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation, okay, to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, Okay? The power of the Spirit who put to death the deeds of your sinful nature lives in you. Verse 14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received the Spirit to make you a fearful slave. I don't know about you, but I grew up in fearful church, okay? I grew up in, man, I better pray enough church. I grew up in, man, I better read enough church. I grew up in, man, I better show up to church enough times church. I don't know if any of you have ever grown up. Like, the best part to me about being a pastor are people who text me, and I love their hearts. They're so kind. But they'll text me on Sunday morning. They'll be like, Pastor, I just want you to know I won't be there today. I'm like, not backslidden. You know what I mean? I'm like, listen, it's good. It's summer. You're on vacation. Enjoy life. You know what I mean? But, but a lot of us grew up in that. And that's all we think about. And that's all we, we see our relationship with God is through that lens and that perspective. But it says, instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. You've been adopted. The Bible says you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. You've been taken out of one kingdom and brought into a new kingdom. You've been taken out of one family and you've been given a new family. The kingdom is your family. Verse 16, for a spirit joins with our spirit, affirming God's children. This is why worship is so important to us at this church. Because I want you to walk out going, man, God affirmed me today. I, listen, on a Sunday and as the church continues to grow, I might not be able to come and to talk to you and smile and hug you. And I hope that I do because I want to love you and I want to affirm you every single Sunday. But if I don't get to do that, I want to make sure that, because here's the truth too. I can affirm you all day long, and what does it mean? About nothing. I mean, you're like, oh, cool, Pastor Jeff smiled at me. Somebody said this to me today. They're like, you just smile all the time. I'm like, good, good, I'm glad you see that, you know? But what do you need? What does your soul need? What are you going to need on Tuesday? What are you going to need on Thursday? You need God the Father to affirm to you that you are a child of the Most High and that he is for you and he's not against you and he's with you and that he's going to walk into Lazatica with you. You know, that's how I say it, right? Lazatica on, on Thursday, that he's going to walk with Stefan into his job on Thursday. That's what we need. We need his spirit. So let's walk through these 
verses real quick. Number one, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. The enemy is so good, he's so shrewd at doing this to us. It's amazing. As soon as I get back from a trip, no matter, I mean, even when I went and spoke uh, at a youth camp a few weeks ago, and um, I was gone for about seven days, and as soon as I got back and I got back into my office, the first thing I felt was guilt and shame. I thought, how is this happening? How, how, how am I feeling guilt and shame when I just went and ministered to a bunch of teenagers and they got healed and saved and filled? Holy? Why in the world am I feeling guilt and shame? Because the enemy is so shrewd. He knows you so intimately. He knows the buttons to push. And what is a button that he pushes in my life? He pushes the button of you haven't been home, you haven't been with your family, you haven't been working for your church, you haven't been there, you weren't there last Sunday, and so I'm going to push that button and I'm going to make you feel guilty that you were away from your family and your church. And I wasn't even doing anything wrong. But he's so good at that. And he knows you so intimately. And he knows exactly how to bring that guilt and that shame in to your life. But I love that the word of God says there's no guilt and shame. And so I grabbed this at Walmart this morning. I grabbed this huge orange. It's actually a really cool sponge. I'm like, this is like, yeah, it's tied. I'm like, man, the sponge game is going to a new level, you know. But I was thinking about it, and I just thought about it from this standpoint. When, when something spills, we get something like a sponge to do what? To come soak it up correctly so it's like God is saying my love comes and it soaks up it's like a sponge that soaks up your guilt and shame so that I can take that guilt and shame out of you so that there's no more guilt and shame in you so then what's left is this hollow shell but then I can pour love and fill it up with my love because there's something so incredible about people that understand that they are loved by Christ. I think sometimes we even look at people and go that we think that they may be arrogant. We may think, oh man, they're, they're arrogant. I think sometimes that people are just so close to Jesus and they're just so, I don't know, just enwrapped in his love that they walk around with the confidence that other people don't have and we go no that's arrogance and God goes no that's not arrogance they know who they are in me they're confident in me they're confident they don't have any guilt and shame the past is listen I don't know who this is for but somebody in here today your past is done I don't know what you've done but your past is done it's done it's over it's covered by the blood of Christ. What was he saying in verse 10 and 11? It says that Christ lives within you. It means this, that he strengthens us. His spirit gives us strength. Um, I know I've alluded to this. I don't think anybody completely understands. I know um, uh, Shannon, Christina, Matt, and Jackie understood it to a greater degree because they were on some planes with me. 
Um, I am not, like, I don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I can't wait to get on an airplane the next time I get on an airplane, okay? I don't know about how you guys feel, but um, I love the ground, okay? I love my car. I love being in control of the car, and that's the biggest thing. I love, like, the sense, like, I'm in control, knowing that, like, I'm really not in control, you know what I mean? But I love the sense that I am in control, and when I get on an airplane, I hate the sense that, like, I'm just like, hey, I've never met you before, and you're going to take me up thousands of feet in the air, and, you know, we're going to fly somewhere today. Cool. I'll see you in a couple hours. You know, like, it's just, it's unnerving to me, especially, like, turbulence. Like, we hit some turbulence. We went through some clouds. You know, like, clouds are so pretty until you get into an airplane. You know what I mean? You're like, I rebuke you, cloud, in the name of Jesus. And I'm flying through this cloud, and I'm like, like, white-knuckled, holding the back of the, you know, seat, like, in front of me, and Jess is like, we're okay. Like, you know, like, we're fine. And so I've had to fly about six times, and, and gosh, there's a bunch of times I have to fly into the fall, and I think the Lord's just kind of like, listen, I'm done with this fear. We're going to deal with this fear, and you're going to fly a bunch. But every time I got onto the plane, I just, I felt God's strength. And it was so cool, like, I, I was, we had a delay in um, Atlanta, we had a layover, and I'm in Atlanta, and we had a great flight down to Atlanta, and, and I'm like, all right, one more flight to go to get, you know, to Florida, and, and I'm, I'm checking out, I'm buying gum, because I got to chew gum when I'm on a plane, and I hand the lady my card, and she grabbed my hand, and she said, man of God, you're fine. And it was just like God was like, listen, I'm always there. My strength is there. I don't know what you deal with. You might think, man, you are such a baby, Pastor Jeff. You know what I mean? Why are you worried about flying? I don't know what you need, but God does. And his spirit comes to strengthen our spirit and to give us life to make it through whatever you need. And I don't know what you need to make it through. I don't know if it's your job. I don't know if it's a family situation. I don't know what it is, but his spirit comes to strengthen us. And then it says he adopts us. And I want to read this to you. I I read this. um, I was doing some research on adoption and how adoption looked in that day and time. And it says this, according to Greek Roman culture of adoption, a man had the right to adopt a son or a daughter. And to confer to that child all the legal rights and privileges that would have been given through natural childbirth. So what is God saying? He's saying, listen, I have the legal right to adopt you as sons and daughters. And to bring you into my family. And because of all that I have in my family, I have the right to go. It is now yours. It is freely yours to take. I got home from our trip, and we went out to dinner, and Luke just did not want to sit in his seat, and so he came over, and he sat in my lap, and I'm sitting there eating my food, and, like, Luke is, like, the pickiest kid, like, you've ever met in your whole entire life, like, eats nothing, and so when he eats food, we're always like, praise God, it's on me, it's like a victory in our house, we're like, Wow, he ate chicken. Praise the Lord, he's alive, you know? So Luke gets into my lap, and he's sitting there, and he just grabbed my burger and just started eating it. And 
the Lord just reminded me, like, as soon as that happened, the Lord was like, this is what life in my kingdom should look like. You're a son. So Luke never thinks, oh, can I get my dad's lap? Can I take my dad's food? Can I take the remote out of my dad's hand and turn on, you know, my cartoons? What does he think? He thinks, no, this is my dad. And what is his is mine. So if I understand this to a greater degree of God the Father is my dad and he is my God, then what he has is mine. It's mine. His love is mine. His grace is mine. His righteousness is mine. It's all mine. So when I go to God, I went to last night. I just wasn't feeling great in my body, and I knew he had today. It was a big day. And I went to the Lord, and I started to pray, you know, kind of like that prayer, like, God, you know, I don't feel well. I'm not feeling so well. And the Lord was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to pray for my body and pray for healing. He goes, you look like a little kid coming and begging for something right now he's like it's already yours I just need you to take it I just I just need you to come take it it's yours for the taking I already paid the price so where am I going with this I have to understand these principles to understand the Holy Spirit okay if I don't get these things first and foremost then I don't know how to allow the Holy Spirit to interact in my life. I don't know because I don't trust. You see what I'm saying? When I understand that I'm righteous, when I understand that I've been adopted, when I understand that my God is always for me, then I understand that I can trust him 100%. But until I get to that place, the Holy Spirit is a really awkward place then because the Holy Spirit wants to do what? It wants to lead and guide and direct our lives. But we do not allow anybody to lead, guide, or direct our lives that we don't what? First trust. Okay? I must trust you. I must trust that you have my best intentions in mind always. And this is what Paul is communicating to us, is that this is what our God does for us all the time. Um, I don't know if you've ever, um, anybody ever ballroom danced before? Anybody? Yes? Come on, I got one hand. Yes, amen, amen, okay. Okay. Um, Ballroom dancing is amazing, okay? Um, it is one person leading another person in a beautiful dance. And when you watch somebody ballroom dance, it's really just this beautiful thing that's happening. So I have a little video for you today of some ballroom dancing. So go ahead and play that video real quick, okay? Deeper still into love, love, love your good, good father. Okay, believe it or not, I would pay thousands of dollars to be able to do that, okay? Because I cannot dance 
for anything, okay? And if you were at karaoke night, you saw it and you heard my voice. And if you weren't there, you missed a great show, okay? So, but one thing that I learned as I kind of researched ballroom dancing was this idea of like, how do you know where to go? Because one person has to leave. And the other person has to do what? They have to follow. So how do you follow somebody and dance with somebody without knowing exactly where you're going, exactly what's happening? And so I did some research, and I found out that in ballroom dancing, you follow the hand. The hand will always lead you. Not that my hand could lead you anywhere. I promise you that, okay? But the hand always leads in ballroom dancing, okay? Now, the same thing can be said with the Holy Spirit. Matt, come on up here real quick. You can get that stuff ready for me, okay? The same thing can be said with the Holy Spirit. We're not following the hand. What are we following? We're following that inward voice inside of us that is leading us and guiding us and directing our lives. But we have to, it's almost like an old radio. How many of you grew up with old radios or like old TVs where you like, I remember I had this old TV with like wires coming out everywhere and I would like do my best every Saturday morning to tune in Saved by the Bell, you know what I mean? And you know, you're working hard to get the right frequency, okay? Sometimes we have to learn how to dial in the frequency of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us that is trying to lead and guide and direct our lives. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead, okay? And so we're going to do this little illustration for you today, okay? We're going to take this jar. This jar is going to represent us. We're the container, okay? Now, in our lives here, Matt, let's pull this over just a little bit, okay? In our lives, we have a lot going on, okay? So... We're going to use this. Use this. Okay, so this is um, pretty gems, okay? They're actually fish gems, okay? But this is going to represent important decisions. How many of you would say I have some important decisions to make in the next six months of my life, okay? Yeah? Yeah, important decisions, okay? So we have important decisions that happen in our life, okay? We have, um, we have finances that we're dealing with all the time in our lives, correct? Decisions that we're making about our current situation, about our future, our kids, about our retirement, uh, all kinds of stuff. So we have finances that we have in our lives. Um, we have, uh, let's use that one. We have, we have career decisions. How many of you go in the next 12 months, I may have career decisions to make. I got career decisions. I got to make decisions on life and where I'm going with career. And then uh, let's use that one. How many of you go, you know what? I need to make some health decisions over the next 12 months of my life. You know what I mean? I know my hands up. I need to get some health going on in my life. All right. And then we have, uh, we have our pretty, we have our pretty princess and we have our pretty prince and either we're trying to find our princess or our prince, or we have found them. And now we are trying to stay together with our prince or our princess in our marriage, correct? And we're trying to, you know, deal with our marriage in our lives. And then we have, here, we'll use that one. Look, we look at this pretty one for children, because children are pretty, aren't they, Matt? Yeah. Amen. No, thanks, Matt. <laughs> no. Matt, how many children are you going to have? At least 10. At least 10. That's fantastic. That is great. Don't bring them to my house, okay? Um, 
So we have our children in our lives, and, and then we have our homes that we're, you know, trying to take care of. Listen, that's a castle. I want a castle, you know. I want to pull up to a castle, you know what I mean? And then we're trying to get our new cars, and, you know, I drive a Ferrari, so you know what I mean? And so, you know, we have our Ferrari. And then our last thing is we have, you know, Elevate Church and how we fit in at Elevate Church, and we're serving at Elevate and our different things like that. And so we have a lot going on in our souls, right? We wake up every morning, and I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, it's like zero to 100 from the moment I wake up to the moment that my foot steps the ground. I start thinking about what? This. My life. My health. My career. Why is why does that hurt? It never used to hurt before. I played basketball with Michael yesterday, and I woke up this morning. I was like, dang, my back hurts this morning. Why does it hurt, you know? And, and your marriage and your kids and your fine, and, you're, and you're thinking about all this all the time. But what is Paul communicating through this whole entire 16 verses? He's communicating what? That the Spirit of God, The Holy Spirit wants to dominate this. The Holy Spirit wants to lead this. But the problem is we want God's goodness. We want God's grace. We want to be righteous. We want to be adopted. We want to feel his love. But at the same time, we go, no, God, this is mine. And you can't touch it. Because I'm in control, just like me on the airplane. I hate it because I'm not in control. And then I think about, man, the airplane's going really fast. How would I ever land this airplane? I would destroy my life and everybody else's life with it, to be honest. But we love being in control. But Paul is saying, listen, those who are dominated by their flesh, they're dominated by these thoughts. Why? Because they're not letting go. So what do we need? We need to take the Holy Spirit, okay? And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do what? Okay, take that one too, Madge, you think, okay? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill up our soul, okay? And to fill up all these issues of our life. What I love about this is this. The water is touching every single part of every issue in there. The home, the finances, the important decision. Every single inch, every part of the water is being immersed. It's immersing. The Holy Spirit, what does he want to do? He wants to immerse our lives. He wants to go, listen, I can help you with your finances. I can help you in these important decisions. I can help you in career decisions. Nick, can I share that story that you told me the other day? So Nick told me um, we were at the Reds game the other night, and Nick said, yeah, I switched jobs. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know about this. And he said, yeah, he goes, a few months ago when you were preaching, you just said that sometimes, you know, a season will dry up, and it's just God trying to lead you to a brand new and better season. But you know what? 
Nick needed, Nick needed the Holy Spirit to lead and guide him and direct him. And so he made a decision in May that, I mean, in May was a tough decision. And then in June, he had the biggest month of sales that he's ever had in his whole entire career. But what did he need? He needed the leading, the guiding, the prompting of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide him into what? Good pastures. And that's what you got to see. God's not trying to lead us to harm. God's always trying to lead us to places of victory in life. But so often we're like, God, you can't touch that. But he's like, if I can touch it and I can let my Holy Spirit speak to you, then I can let you know what I want. And what I want is good. And what I want is going to bless you. And what I want isn't going to just bless you. And I talk about this all the time, but I don't care. You are called to be blessed to be a blessing. Just like Ryan, that whole video was all about. That kid's life is now touching into other places and other arenas and places that should have never touched before, but it is because of the Spirit of God. That is what we're called to be, but we have to allow the Spirit of God to move. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? I want to read one more verse to you. It's actually just out of Romans chapter 8. And uh, yeah, you guys can come on up. Verse 14, 17 in the message version, it says this, okay? So don't you see that what we don't, we don't owe one thing, one red cent to our old life? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing for us to do is the best thing for us to do is to give it a proper burial and to get on with our new life. God's spirit inside of us. Verse 15. The resurrection life that you have received from God is not timid, is not tender, it gives you life. Okay? What should I be like? I should be like a child. I love this where it says, greeting God like a child, asking Papa, God, what's next? That's what life with the Holy Spirit should be like. Waking up each day going, okay, God, I have all my stuff. I have all these issues. I have all these decisions. I have my job. I have my career. I have my family. I have my wife. But Papa, okay, when Jesus was on the cross, how did he address God the Father? He said, Abba. Why? Because it's a place of intimacy. It's an intimate place that you see yourself as a child. And now I look to God, my Father, and I go, God, what's next for my finances? What's next for my job? God, what's next for my children? I can promise you I've never had God come off hard or harsh to me ever in those moments. It's always been full of grace. It's always been full of love. And even times where it was an issue that I, I needed to change something, it was always with tender grace and love and goodness. And it was just him in his love leading me to a place that he goes, man, there's a lot of green pastures over here. A lot of green pastures over here. But I need you to allow the Holy Spirit to trust. Trust me with the Holy Spirit. 
So I want to do this today. I want you to close your eyes. I just want to ask if any of you today go, you know what, I've just been struggling with this. I'm struggling to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I want to pray for you today because I don't want us to live in that. I want us to live in victory, okay? But I also want us to live in an exciting relationship with the Lord. Because when you live a life through the Holy Spirit, He's going to guide you and lead you, and there's going to be moments He's going to ask you to do things that are fun or off the wall or crazy, or it may mean that you go and minister to somebody else. But that's an exciting life in Christ. That's the life that I want to live. I want to live a life that if God leads me to pray for somebody, I'm open to pray. I want to live a life that if God's leading me to bless somebody, that I'm going to bless them. I want to live a life that if God is calling me and directing me to go love on somebody that's hurting, that that's the life that I live. Not self-absorbed in my little world, but absorbed, just like that water absorbed everything. I want him to absorb me, to lead me. If that's you today, you go, I need help with that. I just need to, I need help with that today. I want you to raise your hand. Just raise it up real high, okay? Hands up all over the place. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. How many of you say, I just need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit? I just... I just need a refreshing. I just need God's grace. Throw your hands. I want you, if you raise your hand up for the first thing, keep it up. If you raise your hand for the second thing, keep your hand up. I got my hand up. I need a refreshing. (laughs) The Word of God says that the Spirit of the Lord searches the earth looking for hearts that are His. Meaning this, hearts that are open, hearts that go, God, I need more. I gotta have more of you, Jesus. Come on, I want you just to start talking to the Lord in your own words, saying, Lord, I gotta have some more. God, I need more. Or God, I surrender. Maybe it's an issue of surrenderance today. You just need to surrender the control today. Just saying, God, I'm gonna surrender control of my finances. I'm going to surrender control of my children. I'm going to surrender control of my home or these major decisions that I'm trying to make in my life. I'm going to surrender to you. And I'm going to listen for you where you're at. Where is your voice at?
Some of you, it's doubt. You doubt that God could move in that way. You doubt that God could use you in that way. I want you to release doubt. Some of you, it's insecurity that you're that loved, that you're that loved that God would fill you with his presence. You're insecure, but the Bible says boldly come before the throne of grace and you'll receive what you ask for. So Father, we release boldness. We release confidence from you. We thank you that today we are sons and we are daughters. We thank you that you are our God and you are a good God. And I thank you that we boldly come to you and take what is ours. We take joy. We take peace. We take grace today in the name of Jesus. Fill us with your understanding. I bind up confusion right now. I bind up the voice of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. knowing to know the voice of Jesus, to know the voice of a heavenly father, to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, to hear it, to hear it, to hear it louder than you've ever heard it before. That you hear God, you hear his goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to give this opportunity today. If any of you are in the room here today and you go, you know what, I just feel like I'm not in the right place with God the Father or with Jesus. Maybe I once knew him. Maybe I've never known him, but I want to I make sure that I'm in right standing. Why don't you close your eyes with me? If that's you today, throw your hand up. Throw your hand up. Thank you so much. I see your hands. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says all we have to do is pray. All we have to do is confess that he is the Lord. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer, and we're going to pray this prayer together as a church family. And if you raise your hand, I just want you to pray it. I want you to believe it. I want you to mean it. And we're going to start a new journey in our walk with the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Now I choose today to put my trust and to put my hope in you, Jesus. I believe that you took my sin, you took my guilt, you took my shame, and you left it on the cross. Now I receive your life and your love and your goodness. Come fill my heart all of you today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple things. I want everybody to look at me, okay? If you, number one, if you just prayed that prayer, congratulations. We're so happy for you. So, come on, give it up for everybody that prayed that prayer this morning. I always tell people it's like this. It's almost like having a notebook with a bunch of stuff in it and then it's like that notebook ends and then God gives you a brand new notebook and it's clean and it's clear and all of your junk and all of your past and everything is in the past and now you get to write a new chapter with him. 
You get to write a new chapter with his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness poured out upon your life. How awesome is that? But for everybody else that raised your hand and you said, I just needed help with the Holy Spirit. I believe this, okay? This is going to happen, okay? You're going to start hearing God like you've never heard him before, okay? Now, the enemy is going to be quick to come in and try to steal it from you, okay? Because the enemy's going to say a few things. The enemy's going to go, well, it sounds a lot like you. People always ask me, how do you know it's God? Well, sometimes it's an inward voice inside of you, but it will sound like you, okay? Now, I always test it against what? The Word of God, okay? So if, you know, if the Lord, you know, if I feel like, oh, the Lord told me, he gave me the winning lottery numbers for the lottery today, you know what I mean? And I go to the Word of God, I'm like, oh, lottery, lottery, oh, there's nothing about the lottery, oh, it's probably not God, you know what I mean? But the Lord is going to start speaking to you. It may be in the car, it might be in the shower, it might be laying in bed, it might be at the dinner table, it might be when you're in Walmart. I don't know why, but God speaks to me a lot in Walmart. Walmart's like crazy town to me, but he speaks to me a lot there. But I want to encourage you to do something, okay? I want to encourage you to quickly obey what the Lord speaks to you. Quickly obey, because he's trying to get something to you. Some of you, he's going to speak to you about a job. Some of you, he's going to speak to you about your finances. Some of you, he's going to speak to you about something in your marriage. Some of you, he's going to speak to you something about your kids. Some of you, he's going to speak to you about somebody else that he wants you to bless. Some of you, he's going to speak to you about a current big decision. Move quickly. Move quickly, because I'm going to teach you something right now. I want you to understand this. He's going to speak to you, and then he's not going to speak to you until you fulfill that. you got to understand this. People will come to me all the time. They go, I just can't hear God. And I'll go, okay, what was the last thing he told you to do? And sometimes they'll be like, oh, he told me to do something like four years ago. And I'll be like, go do it. Go do it. One of my best friends, best friends, left a job in ministry for eight years. Eight years. The Lord never told him to leave. Eight years later, he called me up and he said, Jeff, I want to let you know something. I was like, what? He goes, I'm going back to the church I left eight years ago. He's like, the Lord never told me to leave. He told me to go right back. So listen, God's going to speak to you. Do it quickly so you can get on to the next. Amen? 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 Grab a hand next to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for these amazing, amazing people. God, they're beautiful. They're amazing. Their lives are beautiful. God, it's such an honor to lead them and to guide them and to show them your word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you just be so clear to them. Make yourself so clear and known to them that they know that they know that they know that they know it is you speaking to them. We thank you, God, for testimonies of what you're about to do in their lives. God, I can't wait to hear the stories of how you spoke to them and it brought blessing and favor to their life or to somebody else. God, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you for today. And everybody agrees. Said, amen, amen, amen. We love you so 
so, so much. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you next Sunday.